Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Great season for the Oregon Ducks. It ended in the Super Regional in Eugene. We got Mark Wazikowski, Oregon Ducks baseball coach, on the show. Mark Wazikowski's there joining us now. Hey, great, first of all, great season. I know that you, it probably didn't end where you'd hope it had. It, it might, Coach, but that was a wild ride this weekend, and you took a lot of fans in this entire state on it. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I, I was I was thrilled that you reached out, and I'm just honored that you thought of us today. And and yeah, it was it was unbelievable to see what happened in our community. And this whole thing is, it's a, it's about the community and the people, and our community and our uh, and our state and our city and the rest of the school and the rest of it. I mean, they just they really came out in huge numbers, and that was a credit to Rob Mullins' vision. To be honest with you, when he came to that first production meeting that I sat in, I said you know, what we need to do is we need to make uh, more seats out there. Let's somehow get more seats out there. And then let's do this thing like a football tailgating, a fan fest. And there were 3000 people outside the stadium while the stadium was at capacity. So, you know, Rob's vision on that was awesome too. Could you afford to look around maybe, you know, between innings or maybe, you know, as you guys are coming back from an 8-0 deficit and the place is starting to rock on Friday, could you afford to look around, or do you have to be so locked into what's happening on the field that you don't really think about the atmosphere until after? Yeah, I'm just a regular guy at the end of the day. I mean, sure, I look around. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, geez, if I wasn't down there in the dugout, you know, having to make decisions and stuff like that, I'd probably be up there having a beer and a hot dog and just enjoying the scenery. That was That was an awesome venue, you know, and – um, and I know how awesome it was because, geez, even our rivals were, were sending all kinds of crazy messages to me about how it was great that we lost and this, that, and the other. And all that tells me is great. That sounds like we got a rivalry. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you can't have a rivalry if, if uh, only one team's good. So it's nice to have uh, a second good team in the state to where, you know, people are excited. And, and even when the haters show up, boy, that's awesome. That's, that's a lot of fun. That's why I took yeah. this job. I got to tell you what to do with the haters. Don't pull them on stage with you. You know, you you ignore them. You take it. And you say, okay, that's good. It's good for baseball. But uh, I get it from both sides, Coach. It's their fans. I love it. I think it's great. It's healthy. It's healthy for our state. Uh, it's healthy for our game. And you know what? I want Oregon State to be good. I want Oregon to be good. I, I want to have great environments. I mean, if, if if the teams aren't any good, there's nothing to do around here. I mean, I, I mean, floating down a river and fishing, I like it all, but. I mean, geez, let's let's have some fun and with baseball and all the other sports. The the better the sports are at two schools, the better this whole thing is. Let me go back to maybe midseason and even before the Pac-12 tournament. You know, you and I had a conversation, and I told you, you know, I thought, you know, you guys were were going to uh, finish the conference season well. I had no idea you'd get to a super regional. But if I had told you then, you're going to get to the super regional, and guess what? You're going to host. And you're going to have the biggest the biggest comeback in super regional history on Friday night, and you know you probably would take that. Oh, absolutely, I would take that. I'd take it in a heartbeat. So proud of these kids. They laid it out there on the line. You know they, um, you know we no club has a perfect club at the end of the year, and you know we we fall in that as well. Um, but even even on the game two of the the super regional, you know we're up one nothing. Uh, you know, in, in games. And then in the ninth inning, we got a one-run lead in the ninth with nobody on and one out and our go-to closer guy in the game. I mean, my gosh, it's fantastic. We weren't able to get it done, and, and it disappoints me. 
Um, I see the progress. I see the growth. We ask our players just to get better every single day. I know this program's getting better. Um, I'm, I'm excited for our state to where they can have something else to do and, and really have, uh, you know, uh, other things to, to follow and get excited about. And, and that's, to be honest with you, that's our, our effort. It's just, let's just keep making this thing better and better. And, and if it's our time, then it's our time. When it is our time, uh, it's going to be a special, special time. Mark Wazikowski with us, University of Oregon baseball coach. Great season. Got to the Super Regional. Uh, held a 1-0 lead. Um, you know, was it is it in the last nine or ten innings of, of play of this season, is it just as simple as the pitching wore out, the defense wasn't there? You know, can you can you kind of put a finger on it? What will you think about as the offseason starts? Well, I think we had a, a margin for error that was pretty dang thin with, with the fact that, you know, we were rolling out a bunch of freshmen. We had some injuries and stuff like that. But but really the thing that, that probably a lot of people didn't even know was, you know, our 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 best starter down the stretch, Turner Spolgeric. You know, this is a kid who's got such strong competitive makeup, probably from his dad, Paul, who pitched in big leagues. He's, he was a good one. And, um, you know, this kid, he, he didn't even practice with us all week. He's He's one of our – he's our best starter down the stretch and he didn't even practice last week. And even two days before his start, he's in, um, I don't know if it was the hospital, the ER or whatever it was. And he's got an IV in him and he, he gets out of there and he's telling me, you know, he lost 20, something like 21 pounds. And he's telling me, Hey coach, you know, I'm pitching, you know, I'm pitching on, on my start. I'm not missing it. And I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm sitting there going, my God, this is what these kids are doing. I mean, you know, and, and it's just special. They wanted it. They wanted it badly. And that's probably the biggest negative takeaway I have is that it, I just – I hurt for those kids because they, they really – the Turner, you know, just – man, Turner, Tanner Smith, Gavin Grant, these guys are just such competitors. I wanted it more for them than anything else, them in the community. Mark, uh, you know, you obviously want your guys to get better. They did last year to this year. You, you had a bunch of guys who came in, uh, you know, worked hard in the gym, worked hard in the off season. What message do you give them after game three yesterday? Told them I loved them, you know, told them hurting with them. Um, told them that this is a, a deal, this is a program where we want to just continue to, like we asked them, like I just said, we just want everybody to continue to get better. Um, compare, uh, just, just care about the guy next to you, you know, and, and everybody's going to respond differently and, and whatever. I, I, I just know this much. I mean, you know, we, we came in, and I think I've been here four years now. I know one of those years didn't count because we were going through the pandemic, and that was terrible. Um, but, you know, to be able to – when they first brought me in, they were they were saying, hey, do you think that you can get this thing? We, we think we should be in postseason play. Well, we've done that now. We've, we've done that. The COVID year was one year, uh, and then we've been in the regionals, the regionals, now the super regionals. We went back 12 conference – uh, tournament championship this year. I mean, things are clearly going in the right direction. We're excited about it. Um, you know, a lot of this thing has to do with relationships and then recruiting. And boy, are me and my staff excited to get back out on the road and recruit and continue to bring in quality people and great players and just keep building this program. You know, it does. Things just don't happen overnight. And um, if they do, then it's probably not real. Um, and we're just going to keep keep going to work every single day to where people can um, we can earn their respect and. I think that's what we did this year is we earned the people's respect because they, they probably knew that we weren't a perfect commodity and they still just appreciated the the uh, the blue-collar work ethic that we threw out there. And, and that's how we played and that's how we, I don't know, that's just how we are off the field. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, you hit it. I mean, I think it's great that Oregon State 
has raised some profile, won some championships. They've set the bar high for themselves and everybody else. But it was fun to see your run, too. And, I, you know, I, I keep talking about college football. I'd love to see Oregon versus Oregon State in Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. That could happen, right? And both of those programs are, are playing well now. And I think that it's not unthinkable that you get to Omaha, Oregon State gets to Omaha, and it turns into like an Oregon – themed festival there is you know and the Pac-12 would be happy about that but you know you now do you think your guys know because I always say stuff like you got to sniff around it a little bit before you break through is there truth in that like did you sniff around it this year well I I don't know I I sure hope there's truth to that because I want to get there you know and and the guys up the road have gotten there um and you know credit coach Casey I, I really do respect that man he I remember when I was coaching in the University of Arizona and he didn't have it going yet and I remember when the quick coupler behind the pitcher's mound blew up before our Friday night game. And, you know, they're out there trying to stop the water leak in, in the middle of, of their field. And that's where the program was at at that point. And yet that man created a great program and, and they were able to have success that they had. I, I respect that. And, and um, you know, for me, I just think that the better that the two sports are, or the not two sports, I'm sorry, the two colleges and all the sports are with both schools, the better off we are, the better it is for our state. I mean, and it's about that, that pure and simple. It doesn't mean that I need to love those guys up the road. As a matter of fact, I don't particularly like them, and that's okay. I don't think they like me either, and that's, that's, that's fine. We respect each other. I think they do a nice job. And for me, I just uh, I think it's great for people in our state to understand that, that respect is one thing, and, uh, and having great products is, is something that if we can have great products in both schools and all the sports, boy, that just makes our state so much better. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, I look at Jonathan Smith. I look at Dan Lanning. You know, I think they respect each other. I don't think they have to like each other uh, on game day. And, I don't, you know, I think they, you know, want to, want to beat each other. And I think that that's good for the state, good for the sport. Mark Wazikowski with us, Oregon baseball coach. Um, all right, uh, recruiting. It, it's the name of the game. How, how quickly or can you start to – I know during this part, part of the year, how, how much are you thinking about recruiting already? How much are you able to say, hey, look, we're close we're right there, super regional, hosted. Can you use that? Can you sell that? Sure, I think you can sell that. Um, I think the people know, though, the way, with, with just the, the way information flow is these days. These kids are smart. They, they see what's out there. You know, our, it, it's amazing. After you win, you get 300 text messages. After you lose, you get four. You know, I mean, so people know. They see. They want to see a winner. They want to see the people in Omaha. They want to they want to see progress. They want to see good. And um, when you can present good to a recruit, recruits family, and then get just it, it gets you in the door. And after you get into the door, then it's then you then you need to be able to see if you can connect with people to where you can actually get them on campus. Um, and so yes, I do. I think that we can use this use this uh, to our advantage in a big way. And I think maybe even uh, equally as important as this season was just showing the constant. Um, you know, we're in postseason play, in postseason play, in postseason play, and the elevation of what the program is going through right now is probably the biggest selling point. You've got, you know, obviously an amateur draft in baseball, but uh, we're in a landscape where kids, if they want to come back, uh, can get better. Is there a player that showed you this year that, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's more than one guy, but that you feel is – part of ne- the future next season you're real excited to see come back or how much better can this player be i'd take them all back i mean i, I love these kids i mean I, I and it's hard to predict who's going to be the guy that 
you know, was a good player one year and turns into a great player the next year. That's really hard to predict because you're, you're talking about young people that are in their 20s or whatever. And, you know, these guys, there's so much in front of them to tell a kid that, you know, you've reached your potential or you can't do something is really short-sighted in my opinion. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like, boy, you just never know when, when are these kids going to break through a, a ceiling um, that is just remarkable. I mean, you know, let, let me use the kid up the road, you know, Adley Rutschman. I mean, you know, he was a good player. He was a really good player all the way through. And yet look at the things he's doing, just stupendous, you know, and, and that's development. And, and he did, they did a tremendous job of that young man and he just developed um, and, and has turned into a great player that he is. And we've had so many stories on our end of the, of the same, you know, Spencer Steer, now Johnny DeLuca in the major leagues among so many others. You just never know when these kids are going to just kill it and really reach a place in their maturity where they can excel and excel maybe sometimes beyond what the scouts and others thought they would. And so I don't know who it would be, whether it's, you know, Ceballos looks like he's probably on his way out because of what what he did this year. Same thing with uh, with maybe Colby Shade or Nishida or people like that. But, I mean, if, if any of them are in that bubble range or whatever, boy, I would love to have the opportunity to keep, to, uh, keep working with these guys. Can I ask you in baseball, because we see it in basketball and in college football where the NIL collectives, you know, get involved and they become very important with retention. But I wonder with the amateur draft, Major League Baseball draft, and, you know, the NIL world, is, is that a major factor in baseball or is it more about the draft and the opportunities and maybe the kid having sort of the – awareness of what another year can do for them? Well, that's a good question. I think we're just starting to get to to the beginning of that, John. Um, You know, the NIL stuff, um, I know we lost about four or five of the best portal guys that I'm seeing uh, pitch and play for teams out there that, boy, we thought we had great relationships with. And at the end of the day, last, um, uh, last year in the summer, we ended up not getting those kids. And I, I don't know the details of the nail deals that they got and all that kind of stuff, but I got to believe that that was a factor. Um, and so I think we're just starting down this road where I think maybe college football and, and college basketball mm-hmm. a couple of years maybe out in front of us. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised for us to just follow along suit with what's going on in those games. I don't know why we would think it would be any different. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. And I think in, in football you see quarterbacks obviously leading the way and maybe defensive tackles. Uh, a cover corner becomes very valuable. And I kind of wonder in baseball if we'll see pitchers start to get some of those deals. But also, you get highly drafted pitchers. There's a, you know there's some good money out there you know in that draft as well. So I think it's, it's be- going to be really interesting to see where the tug of war is in your sport. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I, you know, you saw several guys, several of the big fish went off the board last year and and the, the marquee guy being Paul Skeens right now that's at LSU coming out of the Air Force Academy. And, and so many of us were, were trying like crazy uh, to get Paul to, to come to, to our schools. And, and yet LSU got him. I don't know the details of all that. I know uh, Jay very well. He's a good friend of mine, their head coach, Jay Johnson. And, and he did a good job getting him. And, and obviously they're reaping the benefits of it. I, I definitely think that that's going to be a big player in our game. Um yeah, you know, I don't know how big of a player in the game, but I, I think it probably comes down to, you know, uh, the desire of, of those fan bases and the how deep do the pockets want to run because I think that's what I'm seeing. I'm not sure, but I think that's what I'm seeing in football and basketball. Mark Wazikowski, thank you. Great season. Celebrate it. I know it didn't end how you wanted it, but 
that atmosphere at PK Park. You, you know, you guys did that. You created that. It would have been an empty stadium without the way that you finished the year. Appreciate it, John. And you know what? The, these kids, I love them. I, they created it. We just, you know, the coaching staff were here for them. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to have a chance to, to work with these guys. This 2023 team is a really special team. And and uh, we just look to continue to build that. And I thank all the fans and, and all those students that came out. I mean, that place was unbelievable. Never seen anything like it at PK Park. And I'm sure that's just the beginning. There he is, Mark Wasikowski. Oregon had a great season this close to getting to Omaha. Can they break through next season? I'll be really curious to see how they bounce back, uh, who comes back, and who they add to the mix. But certainly I think at Oregon and Oregon State, the state of Oregon has got a hotbed of baseball. You throw University of Portland in there, it, not too shabby. Leave it here. you got the BFT. Our big splash is next. Rather enjoyed that interview with Mark Wasikowski, the Oregon baseball coach. Did you hear what he said? He said he respects Oregon State, respects what Pat Casey built. Doesn't like those guys, though. Uh, I'm, so, I'm a little surprised that the Oregon State fans got out and uh, started trolling a little bit on social media after – Oregon uh, did not advance to the College World Series. It, they, Oregon was within two outs of getting to Omaha. And to get that close and not break through, you know, I, I think we've seen some cases in sports where great teams have an opportunity and don't break through, and then they fall off and they don't get back the next year. And we have seen some cases where they do. And so I'm really interested to see if this Oregon team can go, hey, we're that close. Time to regroup and get back at it. And here's what we need to do in the off season. I'm also curious to see how NIL will affect a non-revenue generating sport like baseball. Because the money is generally buried in the revenue generating sports. But we have seen cases, women's college basketball being one of them, where some high profile programs that have a lot to gain do sort of put it together when it comes to that NIL space. I'm really interested to see how the draft plays into this as well because you have several high-profile players in the Pac-12 that will be drafted, and it'll be a no-brainer decision that they sign and take the bonus money and get about being a professional. But you're going to have a group of others that get drafted, get the opportunity to get that bonus money, and sign with a team, but also could be strong candidates potentially to stay in school another year, not sign, uh, come back for another season. You also have the pursuit of high-level pitching because that's really, when you look at Oregon's season, Oregon set a, you know, a program record for home runs in the single season, came back from an 8 nothing deficit on Friday to win 9-8, biggest comeback in Super Regional history. It was a remarkable game, uh, showed a lot of resilience. And beyond that, I kind of wonder, like, you know, is Oregon just a pitcher away? Especially based on the performance yesterday. You know, you, you do your best. You throw your best guy out there. I think both teams knew that by the time you get to game three of a Super Regional, especially after coming through a conference tournament in the Pac-12, a regional tournament that, you know, you have to go on the road with, now you have a Super Regional that happens to go to a, you know, game three situation, and you have the potential, even though you have a lead, you blow a lead late, it, I, I can do nothing more but look back and go, okay, in the last nine or ten innings, what went wrong? It wasn't hitting. 
Oregon didn't get the pitching, didn't play the defense. That's what it was about. And, you know, Wazikowski mentioned a tight margin. And that's what that's what happens when you have pitching that is either worn out, beat up, or just isn't there in the first place. You have a very slim margin to walk a victory through. And that I think that happened in the last nine, ten innings. And, and and frankly, you could go back to Friday's game and you can say either one of these teams could have won Friday's game. Either one of these teams could have been dominant on Sunday and walked off a winner on Sunday. And either one of these teams could have won. I was walk-off, walk-off, and in the end, walk-off. All three games decided in walk-off fashion. It could have been a sweep. It could have been Oregon's turn to get to Omaha. I mean, it felt that arbitrary and that up in the air. And congrats to Oral Roberts, who got the win, advanced to Omaha. It's a lot to go on the road. It's a lot to come from behind twice in consecutive games to win that way, especially after the way they lost on Friday. Steven, you heard Wazikowski. What jumped out to you in that interview? Just the fact when you were talking about the stands and the fans, and he goes, well, I'm a human, so yeah, I looked at it. And, I mean, that was the biggest takeaway for me was the atmosphere that the Oregon fans put on. I mean, it was it was raucous. Like, it was a really fun atmosphere to watch. Like, my wife even texted me. I was, I was here at the station working on Sunday night, and she's watching the game, and she's like, man, this Oregon crowd is unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah, they, they've, been, they've showed out. And it was really cool to see because you don't see that a lot of times in baseball – and, you know, playoff baseball, um, you know, NCAA tournament baseball, like it's the margin of error, as you've been talking about, is so razor thin that sometimes the fans can put you over the top. And Oregon was that close. And, you know, when you get to this level, you got to have things break your way, just didn't break your way. But the fans, man, they really showed out and it was really fun to watch. It made, it made for a really fun product on TV as well, which I thought was really cool. I don't understand the trolling, though. If Oregon State fans are trolling Oregon's baseball coach, it feels, yeah, come on. It, like, <laughs> You, you got to be better yeah. than that, Oregon State. You, you've won national titles. Like, you're above that, right? You should be. And I know these two programs had some tense moments this season. But I think there was some real disappointment with the Oregon State program and the fans with not getting out of the regional and watching their rival get out of the regional and get to the Super and host. So I think there was some initial bad feelings. And then Friday, Friday belonged to Oregon. Like, the comeback on Friday, you know, I, I was so locked into that game. I was so tuned in. And early on, when Oregon goes down 8 nothing to start the game, essentially, you know, it, it just felt like, oh, air out of the tires. But Wasikowski said it in the post game on Friday night. He's, you know, he was talking about they play, they play a uh, sort of a game within the game during practices during the week. They call it a skins game, right? It's, it's similar to golf. Like, who wins this hole? Who wins this inning? And he essentially just said, hey, we, we started playing the Skins game. Like, can we win the next inning? And they did, 2 nothing. Can they win the next inning? And they did. And all of a sudden, it's 9-8, and they're jumping around the bases. I thought it was really special Friday night, and it felt like this was a team of destiny. And the whiplash from that did not come immediately on Saturday. Like, for most of Saturday, it looked like Oregon was getting to Omaha. And I think... It In some weird way, I don't understand it. I don't relate to it. I'm a media member. I'm not really a fan in the way that Oregon fans are fans or Oregon State fans are fans. I like there are people involved with these programs that I like. I like Mitch Canham. I was texting with him today. I like Wazikowski. I was texting with him over the weekend. Uh, I, 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 I think both of these programs, it would be awesome to see them both have success. And there's more than one way to build a winner, too. doesn't have to be 
Oregon State or Oregon. It can be both of them, and it can be both of them on a regular basis. And so I don't understand, and I don't relate to the idea that Oregon State fan is trolling Oregon after a disappointing finish to the regional where Oregon Oregon like advanced 67% to Omaha and then reversed and came back. And I feel like it might have even been more than that. Like you could say they were 95% of the way to Omaha and reversed and came back. But the only thing that I can think of is that, is it possible Oregon State fan was going, hey, we have always held baseball up as our thing. Three national championships, back-to-back with Pat Casey. This has been our thing. And was it threatening Oregon State in some way that Oregon was knocking on the door? I, I think you, or, I think you yeah. hit I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Oregon State baseball, like that is, you know, we've talked about the best programs in the state. That could be the best program in all the state of Oregon. And I think that they really hold that to a high standard there. They do, but I just don't. I, I love when both programs got to the regional, and I was like, gosh, could they both get to Omaha? Uh, leave it here. You got the BFT. We got Punch It Audio coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.